Game Boys. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and with me as always is your co-host, and he just wants to get all this political correctness out of horse racing. It's Griffin Davis. Oh, are we talking about the, the Kentucky Fried Race? The Kentucky Fried Derby, as people love to call <laughs> Kentucky it. Kentucky Fried Derby. What happened? Is there's politics there? What happened? Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump, There was a. they reviewed the ending and changed it so a different horse won. And then Donald Trump said that it was the wrong answer. And it was because political correctness has ruined horse racing. Whoa. Uh, is it because of the names of the horse or just? No, it was just like because they followed the rules, I guess. I don't know. It was very confusing. Dude, honestly, there's nothing more politically correct and like neoliberal than playing by the rule book. You know, I mean, if you ask Donald Trump, that is extremely accurate. Um, but, you know, if we're going to make Trump jokes, we should introduce our guest because he's pretty good at them. Joining us today, uh, my friend, a basketball man and a wrestling man and a video games man. He's the host of a Red Nation Hoops podcast and also Crystal Catalog, a podcast about Final Fantasy. It's a uh, Forrest Walker. Forrest, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, didn't that horse like punch the other horses or something? That was basically what happened. Like one Hell of the horses yeah. like like kind of checked the other horse out of the way and that's how it won. And they reviewed the rules and they were like, the horse can't do that. That's oh, against okay. the horse rules. Now, this makes way more sense. So Trump saw himself in that horse. Like, like yeah, he was like, was like <laughs> that's yeah, the horse d- cheated and he should win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, no, like that's the horse. That makes Just way like the, more sense. To me, this is like, I, I know I'm in the minority on this, but to me, this is maybe the craziest tweet since Cafefe, just because it's like such an insane connection he's drawing between political correctness and horse racing. Yeah, the only difference is Kofefe started a movement. Well, who knows what will happen. Oh, that's why I said I'm in the minority and thinking this is a big deal, but I think it's very good. But speaking of movements, uh, we ask everyone what we've been playing this week. So let's start with our guest, Forrest. What have you been playing this week? And if you haven't been playing anything, it can be, as I say every week, a spiritual question. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I have been playing a lot of watching my girlfriend play The Witness while I play Pokemon Ultra Moon. Nice. So, uh, that's been pretty fun. Hell yeah. Um, Ultra Moon is so good. I'm so hyped about the fact that Pokemon games have gotten like good and creative again since XY. It felt like there was like a long run of like it's the same game, just reskinned with new mons. The last two have felt like new and fresh. And then Sword and Shield is a vertical-oriented map, which is, like, game-changing for Pokemon. It's never been a North-South map before. Yeah, and it's in London. Well, uh, sure. I mean, it's England or, like, Scotland, but <laughs> sure, it's London. What, whatever. It's, it's all, all London the same to thing. me. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, how's watching The Witness? Because I've played The Witness. I haven't really decided to watch someone else play it. Yeah, because I'm too dumb to, to do it on my own, so I feel like it'd be more fun if I had someone else in the room with me. Uh, you are exactly the opposite as my girlfriend who does not want any help whatsoever, so <laughs> I have to really just distract myself with Pokemon to avoid making her feel nervous. Uh, it seems really interesting and cool, though. Uh, she, just, she just beat the game and got to the secret zone today, so yeah, she's really been... Uh, been diving deep into that one for some time. So it, it seems like a fantastic game and maybe I'll play it after she's done. Sure. That game, much like the game, everything falls in the category of games that I think are cool, but are ruined by the overbearing presence of Alan Watts everywhere. <laughs> yeah, man, he's he got to stop making video games. He doesn't make them. People just put him in. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> People just got to like, what is there? Why do game designers think Alan Watts is so fucking cool? He's just like a kind of angry Buddhist. <laughs> which is like neither a cool emotion nor a particularly cool outlook oh but stone. you're so you're so forrest you're a you're a pokemon fan thoughts on detective peak uh i'm going to see it i hope it's terrible 
I would prefer if it's terrible and unwatchable, but I guess I will accept it if it's good. Huh. Now, why? Now, why is that? Uh, because I love garbage and I want to get all the garbage <laughs> in my mouth and consume it all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll speak to it. Is, I'll speak to this. Forrest and I are both part of a bad movie club. And since I've been going to the bad movie club, Forrest is pretty consistently recommended by far the most obviously bad movie every single time. <laughs> Things like Lava Lanchulas or the asylum ripoffs of other movies no one wants to see. So, yeah, no, I can attest to that. The love of garbage. But, OK, so here's a question for us. It's more specific to you than our general guest questions. Um, you're a basketball man. You like to do basketball. Watch it. Talk about it. Think about it. Um, have there ever been any basketball video games you've particularly loved or because we're here in Miserable May particularly hated? Uh, ooh, I have I have a tepid answer that's real and then a hot answer that's also real. So uh, my answer of one that I've particularly loved is. Uh, the first few NBA 2K games with the My Player stuff, like I think it was what, like 10 through 12 or so, but it was pretty early. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed that for a number of years because it is like playing a cool NBA RPG and you can stat up and stuff. But then it became a lot more narrative driven, which isn't really what I'm looking for from my basketball wanking game so i kind of <laughs> fell off the nba 2k train after a while yeah sure. it's really hard I, to I, wank with all this story happening i can't even <laughs> stay focused on my hog cranking practice when i gotta think about my basketball practice <laughs> this is crazy no i yeah, i super agree i like those games a lot and we've talked on the show a bunch how we're both really into the rpgification of sports games yes that like it makes it so much more relatable for us dorks golf to be story. able to. First golf game I liked, golf story. Yeah. Well, golf story, only good golf game, except for the Tiger Woods re- game where if you mastered spin control, you could get a hole in one on every hole. Sure. Because if you could manipulate spin control to make the ball never stop moving and just kind of be a race car, if you were like good enough with the sticks. Oh, and, so it's like and, steel yeah. ball run. Yeah. And Wii tennis, so. because to me, tennis is just a cousin of golf. Yeah, sure. Sports of the aristocracy. Um... So, okay, so that's the game you kind of liked. I want to hear the hot answer of game you hated then. Uh, I have never liked any NBA Jam game. Oh, shit. Okay, you're going to. Yeah, why? Uh, And this is coming from someone who in 1995 won a regional NBA Jam tournament at Blockbuster Video to get a year's worth of free uh, free video game rentals from Blockbuster (laughs) Video. Uh, I they bear no resemblance to the NBA whatsoever. Uh, and I don't really see the point. It feels like it's uh, it's not hard enough and also not easy enough at the same time that it just, just has never held my interest. Yeah, you don't get to feel like you're a magic basketball warrior, nor do you get to feel like you're overcoming anything, I guess. I like it because people catch on fire and the announcer says funny things. There's also that really bad NBA jam kind of in the middle because there was one that came out a few years ago and there was the ones in the 90s and there was like a secret hidden one in like the early 2000s that everyone forgot about that was really gross. Oh, really? What was that? I don't know if I knew that one. Like the really giant heads that were. Oh, right. I think that they did do an NBA jam during the time period of like NHL hits and the MLB game where you got bonus points for throwing the ball at people and where you could fight. Do you remember these like those like midway sports games where like physically fighting was like a huge component of the game? There was never like a mutant or cyber league NBA game though, which is too bad. I would love to have played cyber league NBA. Right. Well, I mean, that gets to the sort of j- the true fact that the best basketball game of all time is uh, Charles Barkley sl- shut up and jam Gaiden, the game in which Charles the sort of post apocalyptic RPG that takes place after Charles Barkley unleashed the chaos dunk and destroyed society. I was and now not, his- <laughs> I zoned out for like three minutes, and this has brought me back. I yeah, no, I figured, I, sort of, I figured I need to get to this. Otherwise, you're going to fall asleep because um, uh, talking about sports is uh, something Griffin's allergic to. Um, but 
No, they that game is an RPG, sort of like a sort of tactical scrolly RPG. It's like JRPG elements, and you're Charles Barkley's son trying to figure out how to like find how to do the special dunk that can reset the world after your father's chaos dunk destroyed society. Hell yeah. Um, and like Vince Carter's in it and he's a cyborg and Michael Jordan is there and he's like mean. Well, that's and fucking perfect. And we need to do that game very soon. Lux. Uh, we um, can, yeah. We'll do, I just don't do it in May because uh, we're talking about just right. the worst games. You bring up May and which brings me to the question I have for the guests before we talk about the game he picked is it's miserable May, Lux. Lux, did you describe that to the guest when he picked his game? I did. Oh, can, do, you to, do you want me to read the text I sent? What? I'll read it to you. I'll, re, I'll read you the message I sent. Because we can't talk about, we're not going to talk about wh- why you picked it yet, but I'm just like, what? I'll talk about this message I sent. Um, I, I mean, this is going right, to be so crazy. I said, do you have a game you really hate? Do you want to come on the show and talk about it tomorrow? And he said, I mean, I could bitch about Redacted until Ragnarok for what it's worth. And that's what you're looking for. And I was like, that sounds about right. Are you free until around two? I am. Or let me confirm. All right. Griffin says it's good. We'll talk about Redacted because uh, I also hate it. But Griffin loves it. What? We're doing Miserable May and looking for the worst game so we can do Redacted unless something else jumps to mind with that context. This is insane. Um, I think it has a snowball's chance in hell. Um, and I'm furious. So I just want to well, get Griffin, that. I think you're, Oh, I think you're just looking at this very myopically, right? Like we're not only looking for the worst game, but all the different ways in which games can be worst. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're, like, we're, we're exploring there's like many the ways four in which dimensions can totally suck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's many ways in which games can suck. And this will be a taste of a way different kind of sucking than last week's game, which was just the regular kind of this game is terrible. Well, we're going to allow the guest to defend himself and his opinion. Uh, but first, we need to get into a little bit of history about this game. In the year 2010, deep in the forests of Bellevue, Washington, Bungie Studios had just completed Halo Reach, their final contribution to the Halo series that was universally known as one of the greatest video game franchises of all time. Shortly after release of Reach, they made a deal with Activision Blizzard unlike any made in the video game industry before. It was a 10-year publishing partnership that would lock them into making 4-5 to five games over the course of a decade. The first game was codenamed Project Tiger, and by 2013, most of the gameplay was finished with a tentative release date of that holiday season. The game was operating on all levels except one, the story. Head of writing Joseph Staten realized the story didn't make any sense and internally began restructuring the entire development to fix it. Months of strife and argument led to complete reworkings of the game, with Staten eventually quitting. With Staten gone, the team instantly forgot about their story problems and continued polishing the gunplay until its final release worldwide in September 2014. The game was panned by critics upon release for feeling unfinished and has had a love-hate relationship with its fanbase for the last five years, with many expansions and a full-fledged sequel. This week, the Game Boys decide if this game is truly miserable. This week... It's Destiny. What a twist on the classic thing we were doing. Um, All right. So the obvious question to start with, we all start with is Forrest. Why is this your game for Miserable May? What makes this game the worst game? I hate this game in a way I don't think I've ever hated any other game (laughs) because it is a game that I have played an innumerable numbers of hours of and hated for the entire time I was doing so. 
I'm gonna. Here's my thesis statement on why Destiny is a real, a real pile <laughs> of stink. It has billionaire energy oh, all for the sure. way down. For sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll take that. Let's, let's elaborate on that. What about it? Because it, what, what? What do you mean when you say billionaire energy? Why is why is Destiny so very riddled with it? So the the problem with this game is that Bungie sucks. Uh, so they didn't have to suck and they didn't used to suck but now they suck is it because they made a devil's bargain uh i would say no but the devil's bargain is a symptom of the larger sucking the problem with this game is that bungie decided how they want you to enjoy destiny and how they want destiny to play out uh and this is the only way you're allowed to play destiny there are so many times that the history of this game that the player base screamed for something as Bungie says to them, no, you're wrong. You're stupid. You don't know what fun is. Stop wanting your cool gun. We have a boring gun for you to make the game better. And then guess what? A couple a couple of years later, they will cave and do exactly the thing everyone said. But they refuse to admit that maybe what they think is cool and maybe their vision for the game is not actually the best vision for the game. That is extremely billionaire energy for yep. sure. No, that's that's the entire narrative of the of the last, you know, five years or whatever is this like back and forth battle between the fans asking for like basic things and Bungie like bo- like just bungling it for multiple years until they like reach like an end expansion pack that's like pretty tolerable. Yeah, I mean it it does seem like so I, I obviously fans of the show know that I hate shooting games and I'm bad at them and I get frustrated and stop playing them pretty quickly. Uh, Destiny is no exception, but Destiny made me mad in a different kind of way than other ones because it's like a grind fest without the reward. It's like the hamster wheel version of like a Final Fantasy, like in Final Fantasy games, like you grind, you grind, you grind, you level up and you reach something where the game starts to feel different because you have new summons and new powers and you're going to new places and doing new things. In Destiny, you grind, you grind, you grind so that the game can feel exactly the same, but you have a different gun. I argue that the game feels incredible when your armor level is 325 as opposed to 320. And I think when people <laughs> inspect you, that that's incredible. I think that's the whole game right there. It's the numbers, baby. <laughs> that's a really good case for why we're talking about this game this month, because that's a nightmare. It's about gaming. the numbers, baby. No one knows uh, numbers like they do. Yeah, no, they're love. They're huge into combinatric or combinant track shit. I forgot the fancy word so, for counting. So that's, Anyways. that's an excellent that's an excellent starter thesis. Um, so let's let's kind of just break down uh, what, what this game is. Now, it's like an online shooter. Uh, it's kind of like an MMO, but it kind of it like it lacks the RPG elements, I think, to make it feel like a full MMO. Yeah. Like, what do you do in Destiny? Like, give, what's the play experience like? It's just about sh- just about going into instances or dungeons and just shooting the aliens and like beating the uh, beating the bosses. But it feels so fucking good that's like what keeps people bringing back to it and like like most people wouldn't complain for years about a game if they didn't also fucking love it that's the that's the huge thing about this game it's like yeah the fans are like back and forth with Bungie but like most people just leave after a year if a game sucked that much but the core gameplay is so fun well Griffin it sounds like you're getting to one of our core questions which is this Forrest when you play Destiny how them sticks feel Oh, the core loop is fantastic. And it's the only reason really that anybody sticks around because actually shooting things feels snappy and cool. Boy, when you when you get those uh, 
God, what was the name of it? The, uh, the 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 scout rifle you got from the Vault of Glass. Uh, mm, they're just a scouty. Oh, yeah, good old scouty. No, there, there are a few of there are a few of the early Vault of Glass guns that just felt amazing in like in your hand and shooting them made you feel powerful. They did elemental damage from the primary slot. It was really cool. But then more expansions came out, so you don't get to play with these toys anymore. Yeah, yeah. but that's a that's an internal problem of any game like World of Warcraft two or anything like that. And like that's not a problem that games have solved really. So I didn't expect them to solve that. I just want I just expected them to have more more quests and more like characters and stuff like the like the original shipment of destiny, you know, is very bare bones. There's like almost no voice actors or like or character quests. It's all super vague. Uh, and then over the course of like two or three expansion packs, they started to add like more characters and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's why this sort of that's why I was sort of excited to talk about this game on the show is because like. It is bad in a lot of ways. It's bad in the way of like this repetitive grind thing. It's bad in the way of this like terrible sort of relationship with the fans. It's bad in the way of like this sort of lack of narrative. But it is mechanically really good. Last week was like about a game that was a disaster. That was hard to play. That was mechanically shitty. That was ludologically incoherent. Sneak King is not like a game where like anything works really. The only thing that works is like the made up narrative I spun about the Burger King being a weird pervert and everyone's scared of him. Right? Like that's the only thing about the game that made any sense. And I made that up. That's not in the game. Yeah, we had to, inf- we had to the- infer that. Yeah, we not, had, is that not the common acceptance of the Burger King in general that uh, he is a creepy pervert? No, I mean I think it is, but the game really seals it in. For All right, a part of the game, uh, if you haven't listened, a part of the game is that you try to feed them burgers. Whenever they see you, they won't eat food anymore oh, because I've they're repulsed. King. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Everyone's so, played Sneak King. Yeah, I guess. Former, I guess so. former guest of the show, Leroy Patterson, is internet famous for having over two hundred copies of Sneak King. It was a picture <laughs> on Reddit. Oh my God, Leroy! We gotta get Leroy back. So like, cool. That fucking whips ass, dude. That guy's so cool. Um, but yeah, so this is what I'm saying is that that Sneak King fundamentally didn't work in some really fundamental, like basic mechanical ways that Destiny does work in. But yeah. Destiny manages to fail in sort of these bigger, like the social elements of gaming or like the cultural elements of gaming, where it falls apart. Right. And I think that's really interesting as far as like what do you want from a game? What is what what makes a good game good or bad? Um, and in this case, I think what makes this game bad is that like like billionaire energy like that it's not designed to be it's not designed to be fun it's designed to work if that makes sense and that's a distinction and that's i think a problem i'm gonna i'm gonna suppose here and put forth a theory that a lot of the problems of this game were in not only unsurprising but almost baked in from the very uh economic premise the idea is that this is an online game you're playing it's very it's hyper cooperative and also there's a versus mode so it's meant to be an online continuous game however there's no monthly fee uh and they just want you to buy these expansions that come out so honestly they have little reason to keep you along for a day-to-day basis because you're just draining them of resources by using up all their server bandwidth and stuff so they there's I would have preferred by far if it was a subscription game hmm. and I prefer all my online games to be subscription based because they want to keep you having a good time from day to day. Destiny just wants you to buy every expansion and ev- everything else you do is not only a neutral to them, but honestly a negative. Right. That's a good point that in this framework, like players playing the game is actually an economic negative for them. It's only <laughs> the act of buying the game that is like economically useful yeah. for them. And it took like them ideally a long for them, time. everyone buys it, puts it down and buys the expansion. Yeah. And it didn't even introduce like the, the microtransactions and vanity stuff for a long time, which honestly probably improved things because it meant they wanted to keep players around to want to buy the little like emotes and, uh, you know, 
gear paints and stuff for a while there was nothing there was no way to spend money on the game in a day-to-day basis if you didn't once you bought the expansions you had been tapped i think that's totally right like the way that the game just doesn't it doesn't make economic sense for the game to care about its players on a day-to-day basis only in terms of like right before and right after releases of the games and expansions are the only times where it really cares and i think you see that like that's what i'm saying is that's i just the game is mechanically good. Even I, uh, an anti-shooter, anti-MMO dude, yeah. like can admit mechanically the shit works. But the thing is, I've had way more fun playing way more broken games just because of how rewarding those games make it feel to do things. For sure. Whereas Destiny never felt really rewarding. It just felt like, well, cool. I got the gun that shoots fire and I got boots that help me jump. But uh, now I have to go shoot a guy who loved who I have to like. Now I got to go fight the next guy and get the next gun and boots or whatever. Because there's no like it doesn't build towards a main thing. It just builds towards a better version of like you, which is very uh, gross and weird and not fun for me. Uh, A lot of it felt like they had chosen to ignore every treadmill game that had gone before under the assumption that they would get this right. Yeah. Uh, So there's so (laughs) there were so many quality of living upgrades that were missing initially. And many of them presumably still are because they sure weren't around when I was uh, playing. Yeah, Like a social bar or something like that, or a guild, a way to like add your friends together, a way to group up. Like you had to do that all on websites, third party websites. Yeah. They didn't put any of stuff in. You had to use a weird secondary app to look at your like achievements and stuff. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's all very strange. Like, Dude, why the, don't all your characters? We all remember the, the Grimoire cards. Mm-hmm. We all oh, remember the Grimoire cards. cards. That's uh, what yes, everyone says. There's no story. Well, if you do download the Destiny app and unlock achievements, <laughs> then you can read the Grimoire cards on the app, and that's going to explain everything. Oh boy! Speaking of explaining everything. Uh, the less story they added, honestly, the better, in my opinion, because nothing in that game makes even half of a piece of sense. All right. Well, this was my next question. So maybe y'all can tell me on this. One thing I definitely didn't get while playing here was what's going on. So <laughs> help me understand what is going on in these games. <laughs> a new question we ask in the show. What is going on? Yeah. No, but for real, I really don't know. Like, what's the story? Like, what's the deal with these games? Like, what am I looking at? I play Destiny. Well, it all started with an orb. Uh, as, as so many things do. Uh, so the idea is there's this orb called it's the, the Traveler. It's the best orb it, ever. It's a really big orb. There's a lot of orbs out there, Griffin. I don't know if you're I'm comfortable. This Palantir one is benevolent as shit. And it oh, that's loves good. Yes, humans. You honestly, you usually don't get that from orbs. Yeah, it's full of light, primarily, cool. which helps you raise your light level. Uh, this sure. is this is a game which measures your your level and your combat capacity by how orby you are, uh, so. how much like the orb you are, and, yeah. and every guardian, which apparently is like a zombie that can arise constantly, um, <laughs> yep. uh, has a mini orb, a little a little mini traveler or that talks to them, and ours is fucking Peter Dinklage, baby. Uh, excuse me, it's Peter Dinklage. Are you? Uh, I thought uh, I thought we'd agreed to never say there was Peter Dinklage ever again. No, I'm saying that that is a huge positive for the launch. Like, I think that like was incredible. And it was a huge to be- positive for the launch and a real negative for the game. Because even I remember the voice acting of that or being less than. Uh, yeah, he definitely phoned it in in a way that is heretofore unseen in the rather phone it any career of Peter Dinklage. I, I don't want to live in a world where uh, that wizard came from the moon didn't happen. OK, like that <laughs> was a perfect gaming moment. <laughs> All right, we'll go into go into that for a second. Tell me about your perfect gaming moment, Griffin. My perfect gaming moment? The one about this wizard coming from the moon. Oh, uh, well, just like the Peter Dinklage was like it it was in an era where it was like 
people it was like huge that call of duty got kevin spacey to like be in their fucking game <laughs> and shit and like just like getting like celebrities to be like a villain or like a lead and shit was like a huge like very hollywood and very like blockbuster so they're like game of thrones is big well guess what peter dinklage is your motherfucking best friend and he's a chill-ass robot uh but what happened and I and it doesn't feel I don't think Peter Dinklage phoned it in. I think he was directed to act this way. Uh, he gave the most like awful monotone robotic performance and his lines are incredible. And there's a famous line uh, where he says that wizard came from the moon uh, and the Internet loved it. And yeah, like it's that. incredible. And. I think that they've like scrubbed those lines from the game since yeah, and they've like scrubbed any evidence that Peter Dinklage was involved in the game. But it, it just felt so good, like in those first opening months, just like Destiny is a mess. It's a fucking mess, but it's so much fun to play at the same time. It's like it's a beautiful mess. Well, it is a testament, at least from your perspective, because I didn't have fun playing it. But the people who did have fun playing it, it's a testament to the degree to which like good mechanics can take can overtake so much dumb bullshit. Like the only thing the game has going for it is like mechanics and physics. And otherwise it seems to suck total ass. Uh, I think what else I had going for it, which helped it stay alive as long as it did, which it's still kind of around, which, Oh, I want to get to that. But, uh, is that so many people picked it up at outset because Bungie had, Bungie had achieved so much credibility with how good Halo reach was in particular and the Halo franchise in general, uh, even going back to, you know, like Marathon and all that stuff. But Bungie had credibility. They're a huge studio. PlayStation 4 was just launching. I mean, honestly, Destiny tipped me over into buying a PlayStation 4. I was like, yeah, everyone's going to play this when it comes out. And everyone did play it when it came out. And when you have all your friends together and you're doing six-man raids in the Vault of Glass uh, and the, the core the core loop is so fun, like... That did whip ass. It was a lot of fun and it stayed fun for longer than it should have because all the people were there. And with online games, you just want all your people to be there. So I think that people were willing to put up with a lot more than they should have just because it's hard to get everyone concentrated in one, in one place like that. And we're certainly not going to go play World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck it, Griffin. Um, uh, yeah, we're not me. Yeah, Griffin's a, a WoW pro, um, like a crafter of YouTube videos and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? But then this goes back to what we were talking about before, that the game is more concerned about getting people in on launch day than is about keeping them in. So that advantage you're talking about, um, sorry, that advantage you're talking about is entirely based in like the assumption that people are going to stick around, but the game doesn't do the work to make them stick around. So the thing that you're saying is sort of the foundational joy of this game, getting all your friends together and having them online is something that the game doesn't maintain or it doesn't even try to maintain. Right. Right. Which sucks to me. To me, I guess my final thesis about destiny, because we've already talked about how fun it is to play. And I could talk forever about that is that like when I first picked it up, it really reminded me of like vanilla world of Warcraft, like very unfinished, like very gruesome and grindy to play. And like this promise of more that the world would eventually be filled in with more. Uh, and that's kind of what kept me around for so long. Uh, and then uh, I realized that wasn't exactly going to happen at the rate that like, wow, was able to fill stuff in. Uh, and then I kind of fell off. And then, you know, every so often an expansion back would come out and I play it again. Um, but there was there was this fun kind of like 
there's a fun like Wild West kind of vibe to like an online game that everyone's feeling out that has all these like bumps and struggles uh, as long as it's still fun to play. Um, so, yeah, it's a mess of a game, but I still fucking love it. Yeah. I mean, I think this sort of speaks to like, well, honestly, what speaks to you, Griffin, is the fact that you and I both share a fault, which is the assumption that people are good at what they're doing and are going to do a good job at it. Um, because that's, you know, we've talked about this before. There are games both of us have fallen into on the assumption that eventually they're going to fix it. So we kept stuck with it and then they just didn't. And it sucked. And this is another example of that. It seems like a game that like hasn't a promise. I mean, fucking Halo one was like one of our first all five star games we reviewed on the show. Yeah. And this is just um, Halo like, with superpowers. Yeah, exactly. So like there's so much baked into this and so much history attached to it that like the fact that it does suck ass IMHO is kind of shocking because I don't even like shooters. and I think Halo fucking whips ass and this game like couldn't even get me close to there. And that's a real bummer because like you kind of have that kind of a, a game to game faith in a studio um, that they uh, definitely banked on and definitely kind of squandered. I think you have to go back to the very genesis of this whole project, though, to deal with part of the problems, which is that. The production of this game was fraught, to say the least. Uh, remember, you might recall, it came out on the previous generation of systems as well and was eventually abandoned on them after release. You could play Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 Destiny for a while. Yes. Uh, and Huge that's mistake. because of, <laughs> yeah, the production was so long and over so many different hardwares and, and structures, they had to scrap so much. They lost their lore master and had to like rejigger the entire lore midway through in a way which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain why the dialogue is so bad. Uh, but <laughs> it, it is a tremendous mess. And it's such a mess that during the heyday of destiny one when everybody was complaining about everything a few of us started to picture together that wait it might not be that they don't want to fix everything some things they don't want to fix but it might be that a lot of things they can't fix because every time they would fix something it would break something else almost irreparably uh and so it was such a pile of spaghetti code put together that they basically had to make destiny 2 as a sequel because they simply couldn't keep running on the pile of twisted metal that was destiny 1 yeah well i mean and even and there, you can tell that it's a game of like patched together code and and those kind of fixes are difficult in any game like the witcher 3 famously like had an almost had a release delay because they couldn't figure out a way to make only some of the doors open like either doors in this town <laughs> all had to open or all had to stay closed and it took like a month to figure out how to do that just because like in their defense tweaking. i have that problem in real life yeah well who doesn't but um like they like had to tweak all these different things and it was like, all these layers of code and so like the witcher 3 was like a giant team with a game that was built on like a homebrew engine that they had all total control of every variable. Um, and they still have that problem. So for destiny, it, it makes sense that they double down on that, but like, or like have that problem as well. But it's crazy that like, if you have a problem, that's like a buggy in development for a game that is just a single player experience, you just keep it in development and fix it. But like, you can't have a shoddy profile for like an online game that needs to constantly be updated because like every time you update it and it changes stuff, it changes other things and layering and it creates more problems. And like, you can't have a shoddy foundation if you're going to be constantly piling shit on top of it. Um, which is what Destiny did, which is why I think that a lot of the later games have become or a lot of later iterations have just become like more and more sort of hog wild and mixed up. I don't think it can be overstated how much of a black eye it is that they had to 
make a new game. That's <laughs> that's like Destiny Two is burn really it, just, just more burn Destiny. It all. <laughs> yeah, it's that's so. There's so much content that they needed to keep around because their game, like these yeah. games, are so thin on content that right. it you could have revisited Vault of Glass and stuff or like or something if you if they had just expanded, not started over. Yeah, they could add like yeah, new difficulties on Vault of Glass and new gear and stuff. There could have been so many things they could have done to make it just a bigger, more fun game. But they basically just lost half of their content because it was just too damaged to keep. <laughs> so let's walk through like what is the Vault of Glass? Um, it's a raid. It's a raid, right? And it's just it's one. It was just one raid, or is it several different raids in the same place? Right. It's just the one. Okay. Um, were there other like standout raids? This is the only one you seem to mention by name, and it seems striking to me that in a game this big, there's only one raid that. It was the first one and it was the big one. There was other future ones, but I think that like the most popular Destiny raids are like from Destiny 2 now. Yeah. Uh, okay. The the Crota raid was a lot of fun, but only once everyone figured out you could like two man it and it was seeing how weird and like uh like low playership you could do to beat Crota. Uh that that was more fun than the actual gameplay they wanted you to do. Yeah, the the that was the biggest raid and the most popular in the first. And it was really a lot of fun surprise like it really stood out as being the most fun and varied. It had varied gameplay. It wasn't just shoot large man in head a long time until yellow bar empty. Good. Good good. I like to avoid yeah, there were some sort of, like awful stealth elements. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> good love to be Jump, frustrated some jumping elements some platforming uh, elements well as as we've discussed on the show often uh if you can't jump in a game it's not worth playing and this game's all about the jumps and the slides baby uh oh, that's pretty good uh, my last straight thought that kind of in, in, encapsulates just like what destiny's story is like in a nutshell is there's this character in, in the home hub of the tower uh that's like the prophet or whatever he's like the guy that's like it's like this, like, do you know the character I'm talking about, Forrest? Yeah, the Bill Nye character. Yeah, he like stands in this little uh, chamber overlooking the traveler and he has the most evil voice in the world. And so you, the entire time, you're like, oh, like this guy is going to be an evil guy. And then nothing happens with it ever because <laughs> yeah, they just, just Bill Nye. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's just like that's just like the perfect just example of the Destiny story. Like, oh, is this a story? No, then <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a huge problem to me. Um, one thing I want to ask for you real quick before we go to commercial is like, so Forrest, like you do the Crystal Catalog show. It's a show about Final Fantasy uh, and you're deep into this Final Fantasy stuff. And I'm just wondering, like, comparatively, the Final Fantasy games are so big and so heavy on story and so inflexible in so many ways. And I'm wondering, like, I guess how that sort of experience, even at its worst, maybe compares to this kind of game for you, like where this falls apart in comparison, to that kind of shit. Um. Oh, boy. So it took them like six years to figure out how to tell a story in Final Fantasy. Uh, The first three games all have really sucky stories that you shouldn't pay attention to. And Final Fantasy 2 just flat out sucks. Uh, So it does take a while to get good at these things. It's alarming, though, that it took a while for Bungie to get bad at these things. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, because Halo is all is compelling top to bottom all the way through. Well, they weren't billionaires. That's the thing. When they first started. Is. It's right, the, they didn't have the default where right everyone else is wrong outlook that they had for right. Actually, you know what? Honestly, what Bungie's like relation to Destiny reminds me of is on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. John Hodgman talks a lot about how uh, either dads or husbands often have this thing where they show up and they're like, "I know everyone does things this way, but I'm going to do it this way because I've really cracked the code on society." <laughs> um, and that feels like the kind of energy that 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 they have in, in Destiny that like. Oh, like we're going to handle like X, Y, Z things differently than everyone else. Not because like 
like just because it's gonna be different because everyone else is doing it wrong like we see the real secret and it's like well maybe the reason people do things this way is because they work um and i think trying to reinvent the wheel is part of the place is one of the ways in which destiny ended up with this like scrap metally foundation is that like just kept trying to overcomplicate and reinvent things rather than like use methods that exist and that's why we've pledged to never be fathers or billionaires yep that's <laughs> uh two goals that we are well on our way to achieving <laughs> Um. Anyways, that's going to do it for right now. We're going to take a commercial break and then we will come back to you, give our final thoughts and ratings and do some segments. Hey, Griffin, you ever thought <laughs> cutting a piece? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Sorry. Were you asleep? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm always asleep during these commercial breaks. Yeah, I know. I know. It's when you get your little nap in, but I had to wake you up because you know what I've been thinking recently? Yes. Oh, really? Do you? That's pretty crazy. You've been thinking about the pizza cutter. I have been. I've been thinking that the kind of wheelie sharp version is just too easy and makes too much sense. So I was thinking, wondering if there's like a more complicated, stupider way I could cut a pizza up. Do you, do you think there might be? There absolutely is, Lux. Let me get out of bed. Hold on. <clears throat> It's the pizza cutter Mezzaluna. It's a moon-shaped pizza cutter. These are real things that I just heard about. Yeah, and it's so it's like a little curve, right? That I'd sort of like waddle back and forth to cut this pizza. Yeah, uh, because honestly, getting pizza is a little too easy right now. And I think we need to crank that difficulty up to veteran mode, you know? Like, right now you guys are y'all playing on normal mode with these pizzas. Yeah, it's like the, the rolling pizza. Pizza Cutter's a real Yoshi's Crafted World. I'm looking for more of a Sekiro experience when it comes to slicing my pizza. Listen. So I would like a giant half moon that I cannot wield with one hand. Dude, we're playing on Halo Legendary mode with these pizzas. Yeah, so for people who want to cut pizza and feel like they've gone on a weird adventure and learned a brand new skill they never will need in any other context, try a Mezzaluna, a moon-shaped pizza cutter. Just stand for the half moon. Yeah, so go to go to Mezzaluna.com, uh, promo code GETGOOD. Uh, or just go to Italy and yell Game Boys and someone will just give you one. Either way, get yourself Metzaluna and earn some new and level up today. Hey, Internet, welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Deluxe. I'm still your host. Your host is still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Forrest Walker. And we are still talking about Destiny. Uh, now, as a part of the show, we rate that Game Boys, girls, friends and friends beyond the binary. What's going to happen is we're going to go give our final thoughts about the game and the scale a rating on a scale of one to five rage quits because it's miserable May. Uh, five rage quits is the best score it can get. One is the worst. So, Forrest, take us away. You are the guest. So, common courtesy dictates you go first. Hold on. The best Ooh. score. What is that? What do you mean? The, like, I that's what I was getting confused about before. Like, five rage quits means that you liked it more. One rage quit means you liked it less. That's why we should just stick to joysticks. <laughs> Sorry, we decided to change it last week. Okay. We can't just. Ah. All right. So I, I, in my view, five out of five rage quits mean it's the most rage quits means it's the worst game. Okay, fine. We'll edit the rules. Right. Starting now, five rage quits means it's the worst game. One rage quit means it's the best game. We'll have to. Because if you only rage quit one. <laughs> fuck. No, it's dumb. We fucked up. We fucked up and did something stupid. Forrest, this is not you, a surprise. Forrest, what, what, what should we do? Uh, I, I mean, I feel like uh, the more rage quits means that the game has made you angrier. Uh, so intuitively more is worse. Yeah, because it's a bad thing. But joysticks are good. The more joysticks you have, the happier you are. Okay, sure. So yeah, the more rage quits, the worse the game is. Griffin, we're doing it your way. Perfect. All hey, right. Burger King, have it your way. Um, I'll have a Yas meal, please. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> Flores, please uh, give, give us your final thoughts and a rating. 
so the problem with Destiny is that it's a it could have been a really good game and there was so much potential, but it was all ultimately squandered. And it was in the end a trap, right? We were all suckered into playing this game because it felt really good to play. It's like it's like getting into a bad relationship, whereas a very good online game can be like a like a supportive spouse. This game is like an abusive spouse that doesn't listen to you or do anything around the house or do anything to make the relationship better. And as such, it can make it made me angrier than a lesser game could have a worse game. I've played many worse online games for a very long time and enjoyed them games such as Star Trek Online, which is hot garbage, but I love it because it only asks of me for me to fart around in it and doesn't seem to hate me. I would rather be pandered to than derided by my online game. (laughs) And that's what Destiny does. Destiny thinks it's better than you, and it's almost right, but in the end, no. In fact, you're better than Destiny because even if your life comes apart and is a real mess, you don't have to start the whole thing over from scratch. (laughs) So uh, I I will give Destiny a four out of five rage quits, not because the game is actually bad inside of its core gameplay, but because there are so many times that they it has made my life so bad. It is not just a bad game. It is an evil game. <laughs> yeah. All right. That makes sense to me. That sounds good. Great. Incredible. Incredible. No, Lux, you go. OK, me. All right. Well, here's what I got. Um, my beef with this game, I think is a little bit different than Forrest or yours because I never played as much as either of y'all did. But, um, one thing I don't want my games to be, what games to feel like is a Sisyphusian task. I don't want to feel like I'm just worthlessly rolling a boulder up a hill over and over again every time I play, which is what this game felt like to me when I played it. It's just repeating the same sort of loop, even if it's a well done loop over and over again with no real feeling of progress other than like the monsters have different names and my guns shoot prettier colors or whatever. And that's just not enough to make me interested and so it ends up being this like boring, painful game of like playing around with these mechanics that work, but aren't my favorite kind of game anyways, endlessly and endlessly and never feeling like I'm growing or changing or anything good is happening to me. Um, it is a game where I give much more to the game than the game gives to me. And that is fucked up. And so I will also give it four out of five rage wits. OK. All right. Uh, don't worry. This is where I kind of save the day. Uh, <laughs> Internet trolls. Um, uh Okay, so a lot of that makes sense to me, guys. I hear you, I feel you, and I empathize with you and your respective plights. Um, I, I, you know, I love, I love the feel of this game. My, my, I got my squad online when I was playing the game. You know, I, the dungeons are iconic. The PvP was really fun. It was like Halo with superpowers. It's just so much fun. And it was a sick, evil game. You guys are right. It was nasty and wrong. And it was mean to me. And I loved it. I like I was like, fuck, it feels so good to be mistreated like this. Griffin's being a little bit uh, of a punishment. Pig and here. honestly, that's what it turned all of us into. Um, and I mean, this is when like 50 shades of gray was coming out and it was really big. And I think it was just a big cultural moment for people to just like take it from a company, you know, in like a new way. <laughs> um, and that was something that was really fun and fascinating. Uh, and I was definitely part of it. And I like, you know, it's like when you feel like you got screwed, but also you had fun the whole time. So who's really mad? Um, and and we still had a lot of fun, gang, uh, and and squad up in Destiny Three. 
you can at me and I'm going to give it one out of five rage quits. And I would have I was going to give it zero. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you've, you've you've made some good points about the subscription model. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, Sneak King got close to unseating Superman 64. This one less so, but also it's miserable May. We've got three more episodes of this bullshit, horrible torture we've decided to do to ourselves. So maybe we will find a game worse than Superman 64, but it turns out it is not Destiny. Actually, well, if you average, if you average our scores, what is it? This time around, it's like, uh, would so be it, three rage quits. So it didn't beat Sneak King. No, Sneak King ever. If we reversed what we did for Sneak King, Sneak King got like two fives and a four and a half. Okay, cool. And um, <laughs> so Sneak King's at sitting at like a four seven right now. Um, the only thing is that Superman 64 got straight uh, ones all around. So it's, it's a tough one to top. And that's math. And that's math, ladies and gentlemen, which means it's time for us to do everyone's favorite segment and tell segments. That's right, ladies and gentlemen and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the segment segment. That's the segment where we, Griffin and I, pit, do segments with our guests. These segments range from little games to mostly just that little games. Um, and we will do them now. Griffin, why don't you start us off with your segment? Absolutely. People of Earth, welcome to another round of Toxic or Toxic. That's right. It's the video game news show where I read video game news headlines and you instinctively from the gut answer if it's toxic, like bad gamer culture, toxic, incel, kind of toxic, or if it's do 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 toxic like the Britney Spears song, which is good and a banger and a slap in the voice of our generation. Uh, so let's just go and don't take too much time to think about these. Uh, let's do this. Microsoft Solitaire was inducted into the World Gaming Hall of Fame. Toxic. I hate Solitaire. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that's toxic. I'm slipping under. That's a that's a that's a core game for the uh, the evil that is the games industry. I and mean, this is before the all the horrible toxic evil set in, and only the good Britney toxic was there. So I think that's great. It should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, and I am saying because Solitaire got me through some of my trips to my grandma's house. All right. Uh, <laughs> makers of Kingdom Hearts Square Enix w are making an Avengers video game and say it will be game of the year, yet they are still in the process of hiring a narrative director. Toxic. <laughs> I, I like the Avengers shit. I'm happy with it. I don't need more. I'm, I'm near to my top end limit. Ooh, uh, yeah, uh, this is also Britney Toxic because they're going to fuck this up and I'm here to play every minute of it. Hell yeah. Oh, it should here. be noted, Griffin. Forrest it was my uh, consigliere consultant on the Kingdom Hearts episode. He answered a lot of my questions about what is happening. You played, <laughs> you played all of them, right? Oh, yeah. Including the weird side ones. Oh, yeah. Those are the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. I like you. Yeah, that's uh, fucked okay. up. Uh, in, in next news story. In Detective Pikachu, there are enough unused adult takes of lines from Ryan Reynolds that could make an R-rated version of the film. Oh, Britney toxic. That whips ass. I want to see the R-rated version of Detective Pikachu so bad. I'm saying toxic. I'm saying read the fucking script, Ryan. We don't want your improv. Yeah, this is some real incel shit right here. Yeah, we don't, I don't want Pokemon to have a bunch of R-rated stuff in it. It's one of the only things in the world which doesn't need more F-bombs. So, uh, yeah, come on, Ryan. What are you doing here? Go back to Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's yeah, true. If Ryan Reynolds on. wants to just, like, improv swear, he, can, he has a whole Deadpool for that. Yeah, just do something else right. For, if, 
Okay. Uh, okay. This, guys, this one's happening today. Los Angeles-based Riot Games employees are preparing to riot with a walkout this afternoon in protest of the company's stance on forced arbitration. Workers' rights. Oh, it's a softball yeah. one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, strike, strike, strike. Yeah. Always, yeah. always strike. Bosses are bad. Workers' rights are good. Burn it down. And then, guys, we got to talk about it. Due to fan outrage, the team behind Sonic has five months of brutal crunch to fix the design. Yeah. No, again, toxic. Just because it's a workers' rights issue. A bunch of people on the internet were like, this doesn't look like my childhood. So now these people have to work horrible overtimes and not get paid because animators aren't unionized, correct? Yeah. This is some repulsive like red pill shit i give me the fart sonic i don't care do not make these people go back to work y'all fucked it up yeah it's not the fucking animators we're gonna take the brunt of this is fault that fucking people designed like a shitty nightmare sonic with baby person eyes and grown person teeth <laughs> that's what billion energy gets you yeah that's what billionaire <laughs> yeah. energy gets you exactly it's like someone was like what if sonic was more like i don't know a person and it was just like ah but like it's not the <laughs> fucking animators fault like you know that went through like a million edits and notes and shit like the way it looks the, either the either the animators had never seen Sonic before, in which case I guess it's their fault, but it seems impossible, or they made one that looked more like Sonic and people in charge were like, ah, we need to make it a little more people-y. Yeah, There's no the, way to make this movie good. Please make it worse. Yeah, although yeah, shout out Evan Susser, who's the writer, is a cool comedian and people should like him. Um, yeah, so and, it, and, in the, and in the action in the script, it's, it mentions the teeth a lot. So it, it wasn't the animator's fault. <laughs> okay, uh, the writing is like, and then he gnashes his teeth and bites a celery. Yeah. So, Sonic says, slug. what's up? The light gleams on his teeth. Uh, on his <laughs> massive Sonic, choppers. Sonic, uh, the second act turned towards darkness for the Sonic is a tooth piercings, actually, which is a weird <laughs> choice, but they need to have him teeth. Yeah, dude, Sonic gets a root canal as the dark <laughs> night of his soul. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, for me, it's uh, toxic because I, I, I say hashtag keep the teeth and I say the worst part is, is that we're going to lose this version of Sonic forever. Uh, and maybe, you know, we've been talking about billion uh, energy. Maybe we can put this Sonic on the TV show billions. I think that I mean, is a compromise. Uh, honestly, the show's been going off the rails in a very good way this season. And so I wouldn't be shocked if we just had a tooth, tooth and weird eye Sonic show up. Man, also, shouts out to a friend of the podcast, uh, Phil Binder, about his he's the only Sonic like person who's like not just like don't change it because of art, like because of the artist. He literally is like, don't change it because I like it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a he's a brave crusader on yeah, the web. He's been a brave crusader for the Sonic. And it's sad to see his battle uh, overwhelmed by a bunch of nerds. A real hog pig. He's a true <laughs> hog pig uh, in the best way. Shout out to Phil. Uh, and that was dude. toxic or toxic. Thank you, guys. And now it's time for a round of everybody's favorite game about analingus. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, now for another round of do they eat ass? This time I had to come up with a weird list because Destiny doesn't really have characters and there wasn't a clear <laughs> history parallel for the other game. So things are going to get a little strange. Um, so the the way this game works for us is that you and Griffin, whether it is through combative conflict or quadrant conversation, will decide whether or not a list of three characters, each character upon a list of three characters does or does not eat ass. The three characters in play right now are famous robots from things. So we've got uh, Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet, C-3PO from Star Wars, and of course, the Peter Dinklage robot from Destiny. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll start in alphabetical order as always with C-3PO. Does C-3PO eat ass? Uh, well, he's British. Um, and probably the only LGBTQ character in the canon. Yeah, but he comes across as a lot more of like a like a recipient. You know, he's got 
a lot of bottom energy there. I don't think I don't think C3PO is going to be eating the ass. I think C3PO wants his ass to be eaten. Yeah, I, I think he's also a little precocious. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a little, I mean, he's definitely an event, he's like low key adventurous for sure. There's like a slight chance that he gets off on feeling degraded to spite his like precocious and prissy nature. But I think most likely he has too many hang ups uh, that are hardwired into him and he's not going to be able to get down there. Yeah, I don't have a hard opinion. I think it's a dice roll. Um, yeah, I think that I'll take this as a no. because Sounds like Forrest thinks no. Griffin's ambivalent. Um, and I agree. I think he's more of a uh, recipient than a giver in that respect. He's got, as Forrest said, eloquently strong bottom energy. Um, I think that is accurate. Um, next up, we've got Robbie the Robot from uh, Forbidden Planet, uh, a classic robot who can make things out of his stomach and is shaped like a wiener. Does Robbie the Robot eat ass? Who is this? Robbie the Robot from famous science fiction movie Forbidden Planet. It's a big, weird looking robot oh, with a, with a yeah. round head. Yeah, he can make things. Yeah. He does. Yeah, I think as long as he's asked, uh, I think this is a robot who's built to please and will do whatever whatever his it's their partner wants. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Yeah, and it's 1956. That's why the planet is called Forbidden. Oh. It's a sexual thing, I think. No, for sure. That makes sense that it's eating asses against the rules. So to go to a different planet to do it, I, you've clearly seen the move. Yeah. Thank you for linking it all for me. <laughs> my, yeah, my, no problem. my half a sentence. <laughs> no, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, since you've obviously seen the movie, I understand that I had to fill in the other blanks from the film. And that leads us to our final one. The Peter Dinklage robot from Destiny. Does the Peter Dinklage robot from Destiny eat ass? I think that's exactly why Bungie cut him. I think he's eating too much ass. <laughs> yeah, that, that version of that version of the uh, the ghost did. But the version they replaced him with does not. Yes, that's I mean, hard agree. If we're riding for billionaire energy, that seems like the exact story. Um, and that will do it for this episode of Do They Eat Ass? Which also means that does it for this episode of The Game Boys. Forrest, you have been a fucking radical guest. Where can people find more of you on the internet if that's what they want to do, which surely it is? Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Donots, D-U-N-O-T-S. Uh, and my Final Fantasy podcast, in which uh, my friend Joe and I play every Final Fantasy game, is at uh, Crystal Catalog. So you can find it at Crystal Catalog. So, oh, sick, sick. We should probably listen to that because uh, it's about video games. And we should have you back on to actually talk about a Final Fantasy game you like once we're done talking about games that suck ass. Um, Griffin, what about you? Uh, you know, we got to follow that Game Boys pod on Instagram or Griffin P. Davis on all of them platforms. That's it. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know me. It's Lux. Uh, you guys stay tuned for the Party World Wrestling stuff. Uh, Indiegogo is going to be going live in a couple of weeks. So you get ready to start donating to that. Um, also don't forget to check out, uh, wisecrack and not even a show on YouTube and please leave a review and a rating. Uh, we don't have any review this week. We got three new ratings, which are all five stars. Thank you very much to those people, but please leave a review so I can thank you directly. And also so I can have something to do at the end of the show. If you're going to leave a rating, you have to click the button anyway, literally write anything you want. I'll read it again, as long as it's not racist or sexist, um, or like <laughs> fucked up in some other weird way. We're watching, like, we're watching, but like only we can say that stuff, guys. Yeah, only me when I'm doing the H.P. Lovecraft character. And if you want me to do the H.P. Lovecraft character, say it in the note and I'll do it. Um, but yeah, leave a review. We'll talk about it. It really helps. It helps people find the show. Uh, makes us feel good about ourselves. Um, thank you to all the people who left ratings this week. I don't know who you are, but you're wonderful gems. And with that, we are done here. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your co-host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is Forrest Walker. Your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. Your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Destiny. Destiny.